Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with a couple of local farmers and find out how seeding is coming along. Also, we'll take a look at the May USDA WASDE report, which was released yesterday. Up first in today's country comment, Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture will stop by to talk about the province's weekly crop report. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture to talk about this week's crop report. Manitoba seeding progress has been slower than previous years to date. Uh, We've had a cool, wet start to the 2020 season, as well as some crops left in the field from fall of 2019. So right now, the provincial average is sitting at about 9% seeding complete um, on average versus last year we were at 20 and the three-year average at 25 percent for this time. How concerning is that uh, you know now that we're into uh, mid-May here? It's definitely added an additional layer of stress for farmers and farm operators to try and get field work done and fertilizer in the ground as well as seed happening. However cool temperatures and continual overnight frosts do put a damper on any kind of growth that could be happening. Uh, So whether the seed was in the ground April 25th or May 10th, uh, germination and seeding progress hasn't been rapid, and and its seed is mostly sat there. So we're looking to have a longer season, uh, hopefully a a nice open fall that makes harvest easier. Uh, But right now we're still in the middle of May, and there is still three good weeks left of seeding before we start to see um, potential yield declines from having seed in too late. So keep a positive attitude and uh, we'll definitely get uh, get through this. What are some of the uh, crop types that uh, have been seeded? So far it's mostly been field peas, fava beans, spring wheat uh, and a little barley. There has been corn put in the ground in parts of all five Manitoba egg regions um, but it is it really depends on field accessibility and residue cover. Crops that have yet to be seeded I guess that would uh, be canola and soybeans, do, do those go in a little bit later? Normally with canola and soybeans, you try and target warmer soils. Uh, canola does germinate better when soils are between 6 and 9 degrees Celsius. Soybeans, we'd like the soil to be above 10 degrees Celsius. So we're really hoping for a nice warm stretch of weather that's forecasted for maybe this week before those crops go in the ground. And in some places, canola has already uh, started to be sown but conditions allow field access sooner in those locations. What's the uh, soil moisture situation like? You know, we've been hearing about uh, a, lot of, a lot of tractors getting stuck, uh, things like that. That's certainly been the case, but we've had a lot of water uh, in fall of 2019 that saturated soils and led to adequate surplus soil moisture in the top uh, two feet. Over winter, our snowfall accumulations were lower than normal, but those wet soils persisted at freeze-up and into spring. And with the um, with farmers not able to have a lot of fall field work and tillage completed, it really hampered their ability to put the crop in in spring. So we had to dry out the soils, um, scratch the surface a little bit to allow that residue mat to be broken, and soils to begin drying out. And that has been the main concern so far. So those soils are still surplus, have surplus moisture or or at least adequately wet, just under the surface. And occasionally a farmer or a tractor is going to find a soft spot and and might break through, getting stuck. 
That was Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture taking a look at the weekly crop report. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Federal Conservative egg critic John Barlow is back in Ottawa this week. He has a couple of agriculture issues to deal with. Barlow hasn't been to the capital in a couple of months and says it's going to be strange to be back. It'll be much different than the hustle and bustle that I'm used to when uh, we're in Ottawa. Um, but we, we have been sort of managing, doing a lot of things from the office here in High River and, and on Zoom. And um, we started up the Agriculture Committee again and uh, start today. So, yeah, we're, we're managing, but um, it, it'll be good to get back in those. Barlow says he'll only be in Ottawa for a few days. Manitoba Agriculture says total seeding progress is sitting at about 9% complete compared to the three-year average of 25%. Seeding has started for field peas, spring wheat, barley, faba beans, and grain corn in all regions. Canola and sunflower planting has begun in the northwest and eastern regions. Farmers are managing soil surface moisture with vertical tillage, multi-pass harrowing, or residue burning. And we got an update from Manitoba Pulse and soybean growers production specialist Cassandra Kochik. The early seeded pulse crops like peas and faba beans started going in the ground a couple weeks ago and they continue into this week possibly into the coming weeks for different regions and depending on the weather the daily soil temperature swings from day to night are still hovering around lower temperatures across the province this is fine for faba beans that can germinate in three degree soil and for peas that can germinate in five degree soil but soybeans and dry beans really prefer warmer soil Kochik says soybean and dry bean seedlings are susceptible to frost and cattle producers are waiting for processors to get back to full capacity. Brian Peria is with Canfax. The number one and biggest driver right now is just getting cattle processed. You know, that's the big bottleneck. Uh, demand and everything seems pretty good. It's, it's just a matter of getting beef put in front of consumers and on the retail shelves uh, at this point. Peria says the fed cattle market has been the hardest hit in all of this. He notes over 100,000 head of fed cattle have been backed up with the plants down. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, May 13th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from CN Executive Vice President Sean Finn. And up first, we'll take a look at the May USDA WASDE report. The USDA released its May WASDE report yesterday. I got the details from Neil Townsend with FarmLink Marketing Solutions. It's uh, typically one of the more important uh, WASDs of the year because this is the first time that they break down and give uh, numbers for the upcoming marketing year, the 2020-21 marketing year in this case. Take us through some of the highlights there. Well, you know, uh, it's a very strange time, obviously, in the markets. Uh, we got the coronavirus, which is having a definite impact on supply and demand. Um, more so probably on demand than supply right now. Uh, and uh, so some of the numbers that the market was watching were U.S. corn number, okay? And so the U.S. corn number was, uh, you know, they're planting a huge crop, and they did deliver a very big crop, almost uh, 16 billion bushels, but they were pretty optimistic on the exports and the uh, recovery in the ethanol demand for next year. So the ending stocks are bad, but not maybe as bad as some people expected. So they were estimated at 3.3 billion bushels. What about some other crops like uh, wheat or soybeans? Well, wheat was uh, a little bit less dynamic. Um, 
I think people were expecting maybe a slightly smaller crop than the USDA forecast, and probably were expecting the ending stocks to come down a little bit more than they did come down for 2021. And USDA is projecting them at 909, which is less than this year. But, I mean, a lot of the uh, trade was kind of thinking that the number might be around, uh, you know, 800 or so, and that would be probably a little bit more supportive of the overall wheat market. Now, again, this is very early days. A lot of things are subject to change. Uh, you know, I don't think people really consider the USDA, uh, you know, even themselves, they admit that there'll be like further iterations due to, uh, you know, supply and demand factors, weather and, and exports and those types of things. On the soybean front, probably the most, uh, probably the most, uh, you know, optimistic view. I mean, they did increase U.S. exports in 2021 significantly. Again, I think that's probably looking at it a couple ways. Obviously, the U.S. is going to have a you know a big crop. They need to put it somewhere. But I think the other thing would be some sort of validation from the USDA that they assume that there will be an operational phase one of the U.S.-China trade deal in place by, say, the fall of 2020 so that these, this export volume could be exported. Because, you know, if you just look at it on a you know plain world view, you'd have your doubts. Because, you know, Brazil has a significant advantage with, uh, well, poor governance, I guess, is one way to say it. But, like, a foreign exchange advantage that uh, really uh, boxes out the U.S. On a, on a pure, like, FOB basis or landed basis into China. So, uh, you know, again, these things are going to change. But if you wanted to kind of the bigger approach for what this says to the world is that, you know, wheat doesn't look necessarily bullish. It looks like it's, you know, tilting towards a little bit more burdensome when we come into the new year. Corn would be even more burdensome than wheat and soybeans and oil seeds sort of show the most promise, but not enough to tilt the market, you know, necessarily in, in the favor of, uh, of producers. That was Neil Townsend with FarmLink Marketing Solutions talking about yesterday's USDA May WASDE report. Continuing on today's Prairie Agwire, Glendalee Allen Vossler talks with Sean Finn, the Executive Vice President and Chief Legal Officer with CN Rail. Everybody's working in a new reality these days with COVID-19. How is it impacting CN? Our railway is operating. Very grateful to our employees for coming to work every day. You know, we have, um, you know, 26,000 employees uh, across the network. And, uh, you know, there are some working from home. But the majority of our operating employees, you can't run a locomotive from your living room. You can't fix a crossing. Uh, in from or or maintain tracks. So I must say we're very grateful uh, to our employees who uh, day in day out are going to work on the railway to help us serve uh, the, the Canadian economy, but also our customers. And notwithstanding at home, they have challenges like everybody. The kids aren't in school. They might have elderly, par- elderly parents at home, but our employees are showing up to work and, and working very hard. And I want to thank them very much for that. And it shows it has shown in our grain movements for the month of uh, month of April how our employees are very focused on making sure the railway can serve the customers and meet our. Customers customers' demands. So what did we see happen in April as far as movement? Well, we had a very strong, uh, you know, first quarter coming off of a strike and uh, some washouts and then the blockades. 
So we had a very strong first quarter, but April, uh, you know, has been a very good month. Uh, you know, we moved um, uh, 2.73 million metric tons of grain, which is up from a record the previous year of 2.72. So, you know, a, a, a light increase. And that's caused by the fact that the railway had the employees, the locomotives, uh, the track capacity, because there were investments the last three years, and the cars, but also the, the supply chain. So the grain companies, uh, you know, the unloading, the loading of the grain, moving it to, to Vancouver, Rupert, uh, Thunder Bay reopening, uh, gave the month of, month of May a really good charge. And I think uh, it just shows you how the supply chain, when we're all working together, we can move a lot of grain from Western Canada to the port either of uh, Thunder Bay or Vancouver or uh, Rupert. As you mentioned, of course, April was a, a record. Uh, the first quarter went extremely well, d- despite the challenges. How are we set up going forward? What what kind of weekly movement are you targeting for, and are we on track? Yeah, Glenda, we're, I think we're going to have another good couple of weeks in May. Um, you know, I think that we have, again, I often say so, the employees, the locomotives, the the, the cars to do so. Uh, I think the demand remains strong for for cars uh, to be loaded and and moved out of the prairies to the to the to the ports. Uh, and I think that that uh, you know until um, our our uh, our farming communities into the field seeding, we're going to move quite a bit of grain. I think for the next couple of weeks still. Then there'll be a bit of a uh, a slowdown, which is typical of the case as uh, people are doing seeding, and then we'll have a good run all the way to the end of July, I think. So, you know, we expect to have a lot of demand, and uh, we have our targets set out in our grain plan, and we have been exceeding the weekly targets of grain loading, and also you can see the volumes are moving is also exceeding targets. So, I think uh, we remain, uh, you know, ready, willing, and able to move the grain as long as uh, the Canadian, uh, Western Canadian farmers and the, and the grain companies wants to move that grain, we'll be there to do so. And we're seeing an increase in our market share, so I think we're doing a good job. The idea is not not not, not let up to make sure we focus, uh, and if uh, uh, there were supply chain. Uh, uh, partners together can make sure we do so. I think we'll have a strong May and then we'll see a bit of a slowdown. Typically, you know, second part of May uh, as people are seeding and then maybe uh, wrap up again, you know, in the middle of June all the way to the end of the crop year on July 31st. That's Sean Finn, Executive Vice President and Chief Legal Officer with CM. For Golden West, I'm Glenda Lee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glenda Lee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Animal Nutrition Conference of Canada has been postponed. Crops of Palooza 2020 scheduled for July in Carberry has been cancelled. Brandon's Manitoba Summer Fair has been cancelled. The Red River Exhibition has been cancelled. And the 66th Manitoba Thresherman's Reunion and Stampede also cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon. It's been slow going so far for Manitoba farmers. I got a seeding update from Jack Fraze who farms in the Winkler area. Well, it's uh, been a relatively slow start for the season. Uh, We finished our wheat uh and I've been waiting on corn with these uh, cold temperatures. Not sure whether to be putting it in the ground or not, but I uh, can't wait much longer. So I think we'll, uh, we'll likely uh, start going in the corn today. What are field conditions like? 
It's been very wet. Uh, the frost isn't out of the ground yet, and it's holding uh, holding the moisture in the ground and uh, waiting for that to, to disappear. Uh, so there's still lots of wet spots uh, getting stuck here and there, uh, but uh, we're still managed to move ahead. Did you get uh, fertilizer put in here this spring? We were uh, we didn't get any done last fall, so we've been busy putting that in as we speak. Uh, we've been uh, floating it on and uh, and cultivating it in, and it's an extra pass over the field, but. Uh, that's uh, what happens when you can't get your work done in fall. <laughs> what are the uh, crops you're seeding this year? Uh, we we hadn't been growing wheat for a number of years. We went back to wheat, cut our corn acres back, uh, uh, still doing some corn, uh, uh, dry beans, uh, a fair bit of canola, and uh, soybeans. Other farmers in your area, are they uh, kind of in the same, uh, same boat as you are? Or? I believe so. It's been uh, a slow start all around. If you look around, uh, normally this time of year, every uh, the tractors are moving all over the place, and it's been very slow, and it's just because of the wet conditions. How concerning is it, uh, you know, that things are getting uh, late here? Well, uh, normally uh, most of the crop is in uh, getting into the middle of May, uh, other than your beans and, and soybeans, but uh, it's, it's not the case this year. And uh, if we get a rain delay, uh, then things will get a little uh, anxious, I guess. That was Winkler area farmer Jack Fraze. Golden West reporter Barry Lamb had a chance to catch up with Faye Martin. She farms just west of Nesbitt in western Manitoba. What's on tap for this week? What What's everybody going to be doing? <laughs> Basically nothing. Right now, I don't know when we'll get on that land that the crop is on. That's the last year's crop. It, it hasn't dried out one iota underneath that, all that grain. It's covered with moss under the, under the grain, so that's sealed it off, and it's not drying out. Getting stuck, we were out with, the guys were out with the harrows the other day, and the land that was harvested, you can get across with the harrows, but you have to watch where you're going, and... They pulled out into last year's crop that isn't harvested and with the harrows, and they just about buried it going up a hill. Is your farm like most in the area? Is there still quite a bit of crop out there? Uh, oh, yes. Yes, we've still got canola that they we are going to have to harvest, of course. You can't get on it to do it. Well, we tried to, when was it, a Sunday, a week? week ago or a week and two weeks ago we did two acres and buried it so it goes without saying you need some heat and some sunshine (laughs) and and a lot of wind (laughs) we don't need any rain anyway we still have a river going across our yard of water that's got to flow through here well and our neighbors went out and tried to do fire guarding with a cultivator with coulters on it and they've they've buried it Three times. That's at Minto. That was Nesbitt area farmer Faye Martin speaking with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. It's been a challenging spring so far for Manitoba farmers. Cassandra Kochik with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers talked about the impact of snow and frost. The seedlings haven't emerged yet at the time of frost or snowfall. They will be safe from damage. If pea and faba bean seedlings are already out of the ground, you can feel comforted that they are tolerant to frost and they can regrow from below ground notes. 
but soybean and driving seedlings, unfortunately, they can't handle the frost. Kochik says early seeded pulse crops like peas and faba beans started going into the ground a couple of weeks ago. Federal Conservative egg critic John Barlow is back in Ottawa this week to sit in Parliament and in his regular spot on the Agriculture Committee. Barlow says he won't be in Ottawa long. No, just a quick trip. I'll be there for a few days. Um, we've got the in-person sitting on the Wednesday and then virtual sittings on the on the Tuesday and Thursday, I believe. And then I'll be back here for a week or so. And then we're supposed to be back in full swing on, on May 25th. So we'll, uh, we'll see if that uh, goes ahead as scheduled. Barlow says it's going to be strange to be back in the capital after a couple of months away. He's expecting it to be a much slower pace than they're used to because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The federal government has announced a new temporary policy that will reduce the time it takes for a temporary foreign worker to start a new job. While the policy is in place, a worker who is already in Canada and has secured a new job offer can get approval to start working in their new job even while their work permit application is being fully processed. This will cut what can often take 10 weeks or more down to 10 days or less. Year-to-date, Canada has welcomed nearly 22,000 agricultural workers into the country by the end of April, compared with about 25,500 at the end of April of last year. And with Cargill back up and running in Alberta, cattle producers are hoping that animals can start moving again. Brian Peria is with Canfax. You know, it comes down to confidence that, you know, as their employees get healthy and they put in huge kinds of investment into the plants for the social distancing and putting up, um, you know, shields in between people and stuff like that. So once they're more confident that they can sort of ramp up their kills or get a more consistent kill, you know, they might be willing to step out and, and bid on some cattle. But it, it's going to be a little bit limited in the short term. Peria says the fed cattle market has been the hardest hit in all of this. He notes over 100,000 head of fed cattle have been backed up with the plants down. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.